Hello, I'm Rosemary Malkovich. Welcome to Let God Speak. Martin Luther King Jr. said, Faith is taking the first step even when you do not see the whole staircase. But you still need some fledgling faith on which to base your belief that your first step is going to land on the stair. Our faith too must be based upon some evidence and not be blind faith. Hebrews 11 describes faith as confidence in God's promises, even if we cannot see their fulfillment. In our discussion today, we'll explore what faith is and how it is obtained through examples from the past and especially and centrally through the example of Jesus. On our panel today, we have Casey Butler and Clive Nash. Welcome. Thank, Thank you. you. Good to have you here today. <laughs> mm. And before we open God's word, we need to pray for his guidance. Dear Father in heaven, thank you that we can discuss and explore your word, especially the topic of faith. But Father, I pray for the Holy Spirit to be in us, to inspire us, to help us to understand this important topic Please be with those who are watching and listening, that they may come to a true understanding of what faith is all about. We ask this in Jesus' name. Mm. Amen. 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 When people want to know more about faith, they often and usually turn to the hall of faith, as I call it, chapter 11 of Hebrews. And yet to really understand it, we need to get it within the context of chapter 10. So Casey... What is the background mm. of chapter 10? Yeah, well, if we have a little look in chapter 10, just at a couple of verses that can give us some clues. Mm -hmm. uh, in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 3 and 4, we read, But in those sacrifices there is a reminder of sins every year, for it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. And then if we go down a little bit further to verse 10 and 11, it says... By that we will have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And in verse 11, and every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. So this is just a snippet from this chapter. Um, there's a lot more detail if you had time to look through it. But basically it's talking about a system that was in the Old Testament where they did a lot of sacrifices that were pointing to God's plan of salvation. Um, but then it's also talking about how Jesus Christ in what he did in his ministry on earth and the sacrifice that he did once, only once, um, that was sufficient and that fulfilled what that first system was representing. So the whole context of the plan of salvation and what Christ has done for us is what is seated in chapter 10. Okay, um, let's have a look at chapter 10, verses 22 and 23, and I'm going to read those for us. It says, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, 
for he who promised is faithful. Mm. Now, what is the key point of these verses, Clive? Well, if you look at verse 21, Hebrews 10, verse 21, it says, having a high priest over the house of God. So mm. first of all, uh, Jesus is our high priest. He's not in an earthly sanctuary, but in the heavenly sanctuary. Mm. And, and as you read there in verse uh, 22, we can have full assurance of faith. Uh, in verse 23, it says we are told to hold fast our faith without wavering. Mm. Um, so, so we can have full assurance in the, the merits of Christ's sacrifice on our behalf. You know, it was a once for all sacrifice, as we've said. Mm. Um, it, it doesn't mean, of course, that um, we will have a trouble-free Christian walk. <laughs> Certainly. Uh, you know, because uh, you know, despite the, the merits of Jesus' blood and covering us, uh, we still have to face the, the battles of life every day. We still live in a sinful world. Mm. That's right. Well, sadly, some people, though they profess to follow Jesus, have doubt as to whether or not they're saved. And if we have accepted Jesus as our saviour, should we doubt our salvation, Casey? Mm. Well, turning to the scripture again gives us some ideas as to the confidence that we can have in our faith. Uh, if we just read a little bit further in Hebrews 10, in verses 37 and 38, it says, For yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by his faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. So there's one, one little point there, the just shall live by his faith. And I also want to just jump over to 1 John chapter 5 and verse 13. 1 John 5.13, and that says, These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. So that is saying that the things written in God's word are to give us confidence to first of all, in the first place, believe that Jesus is the Son of God, but also, as it said there, continue to believe. So every step of our journey of faith, God wants us to have confidence. He wants us to have full assurance of faith because of what Christ has done for us. And that's why it says the just shall live by faith, mm. because it's a, something that you continue to exercise throughout your Christian experience. That's mm. right. And within this you know, chapter 11, the great hall of faith, uh, verse 6, it says, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Mm. Um, so, so while, as you said there, verse 38 of the previous chapter yeah. says the just shall live by, by faith. Chapter 11, verse 6 is, is a little stronger, stating that without faith, it's actually impossible mm. uh, to please God. So we need a, a strong, steady, unwavering faith. Um, of course, uh, that faith is tested at times. It's tested by the devil. Mm. You know? mm. He doesn't want to see us having a, a faith walk uh, with, with Jesus. Um, but thank God, you know, Jesus is our worthiness. Mm, that's right. <laughs> well, the Bible is full of promises um, that God has given us and that we are to claim. So... How confident should we be that when God has promised something, we can claim it, Clive? Okay, well, um, to answer that question, I, I, I just uh, have to say that 
you know, God is, is not someone who changes mm. at all. And when we look at back in the Old Testament, in um, Numbers chapter 23 and verse 19, we read there that God is not a man that he should lie. So this is one thing right. we, we can be confident of God for a start. He, he does not tell lies. Um, I won't turn to these other verses, but just to mention them quickly, Malachi 3 verse 6, I am the Lord, I change not. Mm. Uh, Hebrews 13 verse 8, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today and forever. And James 1 verse 7 says, uh, with him there's no variableness or shadow of turning. Mm. Um, but I would like us to, to just notice in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 7 and verse 9, there's an important text here. Deuteronomy 7 verse 9 says, Therefore know that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God. We would be thankful for that, can't we? Yes. <laughs> the faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if God promises his word, that we can claim his promise. That's right. Absolutely, 100% for surety. Mm. And Hebrews 11 explains that, that faith is confidence in God's promises, even if we can't see the fulfillment of them yet. Mm. Well, that's what faith does, doesn't it? It, mm. it believes, because if we look at chapter 11, um, this is one of my favourite uh, verses, chapter 11, verse 1 and verse 2. And so we will just look at those at the moment. Um, to me, they're very, very powerful. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. Um, when we look at the the fact it's a substance of things hoped for, it actually means it's the platform, the foundation mm. of our hope. And uh, that's an important thing for us to remember. We build our hope on faith. So, Kaylee, can you explain what verse 3 says to us? Mm. Yeah, in verse 3, it actually gives us an example through which we can exercise faith. Uh, it says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. So immediately, this is a time where we need to be exercising faith because we, we weren't necessarily there at the time when all of the world was made. So how do we know what happened? There's no eyewitness uh, in terms of alive today who saw what happened back then. So we have to take... Um, what the scripture says at face value. Now, it's interesting when you go back in Genesis where it talks about the creation of the world, um, a little bit after that, a few chapters after it, it talks about how that the world was uh, impacted by a worldwide flood. Now, if we look around us in the world today, there are many, many evidences mm. that point to such a thing happening. That's right. And so when you see that kind of thing from that same passage, it gives um, a bit of extra evidence to give confidence that what was said even before that happened as well. And so this is where the point is that just because we can't see something doesn't necessarily mean that it doesn't exist. Or just because we didn't see something happen doesn't mean that it didn't happen that way. Um, we gotta take some things at faith. And um, the world, in terms of a worldview of how the, the world came about, a lot of faith is put in um, 
a different theory, usually the theory of evolution. That requires faith as well, because no one saw what happened back then too. And um, the scripture obviously is a different viewpoint, but again, it requires, it requires faith. And there's a lot of evidence in God's word that can give us confidence in that perspective. And there's a lot of evidence in science as well. That, there is. That points to creation and the, even the flood. And talking about the flood, there's a, a list of people in Hebrews 11 who were faithful to God. Yes. Um, starting with Abel mm. and a couple of the others who were before the flood. Mm. So it's people before as well as people after. So it's true. how did they demonstrate their faith by their actions, Clive? Well, as you say, in, in this chapter 11, we've got Abel as an example of that. Mm. Uh, in verse four, uh, by faith, Abel offered to God a, a more excellent sacrifice. Um, and, you know, he, he knew what God was asking to be done. And unlike Cain, his brother, who was a bit like that, um, that 20th century song, I did it my way. Yes. Um, you know, Abel followed the Lord's leading and he, he did that by faith. And, and then, of course, we've got uh, Enoch in verse five. Um, Enoch also was a person who was obedient and faithful and, and walked with God in every aspect of his life. And actually, the New Testament says that he preached about the coming of the Messiah. Mm. Uh, and then you've got Noah, uh, who lived both before and after the flood. Uh, in uh, he, verse seven, it talks about him. Uh, he, he demonstrated faith in a very practical way, didn't he? You know, by, by obeying. Mm. And when God said, build an ark, mm. and he'd never seen water before, but, you know, but he, he was faithful and obedient mm. in combining those two qualities. Um, in Hebrews 11, mm. Abraham is a major figure yeah. and there are actually 12 verses devoted just to Abraham. So Casey, what was the first demonstration mentioned of his faith? Mm. Yeah, the first demonstration is mentioned in verse eight and it says, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. <laughs> so he didn't have all the answers, but God said, you're going to come. If you follow me, come to this place, this country, this land, which I'm going to give you um, and you're to your um, offspring. And um, he didn't know, but he stepped out in faith and, and took God's direction. So um, and that was a long way away. The, the land that he went to was like 1600 mm. kilometers away from where he was living at the time in Ur of Chaldea. And um, yeah, <laughs> so and it, was, it was a big journey. It was a matter of walking. Yes, correct. <laughs> it wasn't a car. That's right. <laughs> so, Clive, what was the second um, demonstration of his faith? Uh, well, I'll go back to Genesis chapter 12 and verse 7. It says the Lord appeared to Abram. He was Abram at this stage before his name was changed and said to your descendants, I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. So, you know, Abraham was, Abraham was quite an old man at this stage. Yes. And yet he's given this, this promise of offspring. Um, Sarah was barren and God tested his faith actually for a quarter of a century hmm. before fulfilling his promise. Yes. I don't know how we would go if he did that, especially if we were old person first. <laughs> but um, after Isaac was born, the mm. biggest test came to Abraham. What was that, Casey? Yeah, it was a big test. Um, God told Abraham to actually sacrifice the son that God had given him in the first place. 
Mm. And that would have been such a hugely traumatic almost um, test to follow through with because here God has given something which is the center of all of what Abraham knew in terms of how God would fulfill his promises. And um, here he's saying to give it all away, to mm. give it up. And not only that, to give it up in a way that could seem and well, certainly would seem very, very cruel. And um, yet Abraham knew that it was God who had told him to do that. And his confidence in God was so strong um, that he trusted God, even though he didn't understand, he trusted God and, um, and what God had said to do. And that is what <laughs> I think is showing the tremendous amount of faith. And of course, we know that God rescued um, well, he, he stopped Abraham provided, from going through with it. Provided um, the substitute. Correct, mm. yeah. And so then that ended up being a type, an experience that was a type of what God was eventually going to do mm. for when he sacrificed his son. Mm. Gave Abraham a greater understanding of what mm. God was going to do. So Abraham obeyed God's incredible command mm. um, because he knew that God had promised Isaac as his heir, even though he'd had others, he, he had other sons. Um, Clive, how important is it for us to remember how God has led us in the past? Yeah, it's, it is good to remember the way God has led us. And um, I, I think, you know, some people do that in different ways. Some people, you know, keep a journal of their experiences. Hmm. Uh, whatever method you use, you know, whether it's just in your mind, it's good to say, to look back and say, yes, I can see how the Lord's led me. And it gives us confidence to know that he'll continue to guide us in the future. And one of the things we can do is share it with others. Yeah. And that mm. helps reinforce it to us too, that we don't forget. True. So speaking of um, Abraham, and then we go on to Moses, who is the next person um, of great faith that we really think about in mm. the Bible. In Hebrews 11, um, how did he demonstrate his faith? What is listed there? Yeah. So in verse 24, it says, By faith Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Mm. Um, and it continues for that. So that would have been a big, a big step for him to um, sort of go away from a, a place of royalty, really, mm. um, to then, you know, take a stand with God's people that were afflicted. And um, yeah, Moses did that. And that was, again, uh, a representation of faith and, again, a type of Christ, because Christ also, he stepped down out of heaven, a place of royalty, and came to earth to, to do a work to save us. And so, yeah, mm. to deliver it's, God's it's people. It's quite conceivable that that Moses being raised as the son of the of the princess, mm. you know, that he could have been a, a pharaoh mm, himself. Right. I remember right. reading one book uh, that said, this, this is the missing mummy. You know, <laughs> we don't have one for Moses. Yeah. <laughs> true. <laughs> he, he's true. in heaven. <laughs> yeah. Well, we know that Moses wasn't perfect because he murdered an Egyptian to yes. help the Israelites. He was seen, so he fled. Mm. And he went into the wilderness of Midian. And there, he was there for 40 years as a shepherd, but it took God that t mm. much time to humble him enough through those sheep to then be able to use him to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. Mm. So 
And tell us about the two events that Hebrews 11 focuses on concerning this, Clive. Okay, well, in Hebrews 11:28, it says, By faith uh, he, that's Moses, kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. And verse 29, by faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians attempting to do so were drowned. So you've got a couple of incidents here that are, that are referenced. One is the, the, the sparing of the firstborn through, through the Passover. And then once they had left Egypt, uh, the destruction of their, their enemies really, mm. as they went through the Red Sea. So you know, God delivered them um, in both instances. Mm, yes, that's right. Well, as we think about them going through the Red Sea, I mean, God parted the sea and then he destroyed the Egyptian army when he allowed the sea to come back. So what effect did that news, that knowledge, that mm. miracle of God have on the surrounding heathen nations, Casey? Well, that was a very dramatic thing to happen. And it so was. It, was, it was headline news at the time, so to speak. Um, when we read uh, in Joshua chapter 2, verse 9 and 10, it gives us a bit of a glimpse as to what people um, had heard and, and responded to back then. Um, Joshua 2, verse 9 and 10 says... I know that the Lord has given you the land and the terror of you has fallen on us and that all the inhabitants of the land are faint hearted because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the waters of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were on the other side of Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. So they had heard all about it and it gave them a terrible sense of, of fear and respect as to the God that these Israelites served because of his power. That's right. Well, if we um, go back to Hebrews and I'm going to read Hebrews 12, um, verse 1, and we're going to go from Hebrews 11 into Hebrews 12. It says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So what does it mean that Jesus is the author or founder of our faith? Do either of you have any information on this? Well, he's the, the one who originates our faith. Our, you know, faith is a gift from God. Mm. Um, so, you know, it comes from God. It's a gift from him. So Jesus is, you say, the, the author of our faith. He's also the finisher, or my marginal reference says, the perfecter of our faith. Yeah, he's the one who matures our faith in our walk with him. Mm. Yeah. Have you I got guess, anything, Casey? Yeah, I guess when you think about it, Jesus has already gone ahead, finished the race and is in heaven. So he's shown us that it's possible to live on this earth in a way that God approves and then also be able to have a home in heaven, which is the path that he wants us all to go. Mm. And so he's, he's finished the race, but he's also all along the way done the race the right way, so to speak. And um, in that so doing left us an example um, that can give us a lot of confidence in terms of our faith because we can have a, an example of someone who's done it and we can, we can follow that example by faith. That's right. And I think it's a wonderful thing that um, Hebrews eleven thirty nine 
and 40 talk about reaching the goal and the fact that those who have died in the past have not yet reached heaven. Mm. They're in their graves. Yes, correct. And they mm. are not in heaven now, enjoying the bliss of heaven while we are still on this earth. We will get it all together at mm. Jesus' second coming. So that's a wonderful thing too. Yeah, so that, those we've read about before are not there yet. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lovely thought that Paul writing to Timothy mm. in uh, 2 Timothy um, 2 and verse 13, it says, If we are faithless, he, our God that is, remains faithful. Mm. He cannot deny himself. You know, so yes. there might be times when we slip and fall. As it says there, if we are faith, faithless, if that should happen, <laughs> we, we hope it won't, of course. We want mm. to continue to have a, a strong hold on our Saviour. That's right. Um, but regardless of that, Jesus remains faithful. Isn't that a wonderful promise? It is, it is. Yeah. And, and Romans twelve three it says that God has dealt to each one of us a measure of faith. So mm. everybody has at least a seed of faith. So what responsibility do we have in maintaining that faith, Casey? Yeah, well, that's, it's interesting because when we read in Romans 10 verse 17, it says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So in order for faith to first be initiated, um, but also to continue to grow, it must be exposed to God's word. The two are inseparable if we would need, if we would have a faith that's healthy and active. So as part of um, maintaining faith, as you say, what is our responsibility? It's our responsibility to study the word, to remain connected with that, to keep our minds refreshed as to what the word is telling us because that is what will really help to spark our faith and help to keep it alive. And of course, it also requires us to apply the word. We can't just hear it. We need to act on it as well. Um, and then our faith will be able to be maintained. That's right. And, and Clive, um, quickly, just tell us how else, is there another way that we can also grow our faith apart from the study of the word of God? Well, perhaps I'll just share one text. Yes. Uh, and that's in First uh, Timothy 6, verse 12. Fight the good fight of faith, Lay hold on eternal life, to which you are also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Mm. It, it is a fight sometimes, but, mm. you know, we, we are admonished here that we can lay hold by faith on eternal life. What could be more precious than, than that, you know, to realise mm. that, that this is the object of our faith, just as it was for this great that hall of faith, you know, in Hebrews chapter 11. All these people who, who died not having seen the fulfilment of the promises mm. and holding on to them by faith. Mm. That's right. And in, in Hebrews 11, there are so many other people who are mentioned and those who, whose names are not even given, yes. but who are part of God's hall of faith. And it talks about the things that they went through because mm. of their faith. So don't worry if you're going through troubles because we all have troubles regardless of how much we love God. We live in a world of sin, mm. so we can expect it's going to touch us. But our faith is centered in Jesus, who is the author mm. and finisher of our faith. He is coming back to this earth very soon. Our faith in the meantime will be tried and tested, just as the faithful ones mentioned in Hebrews 11 were tried and tested. Let us grow our faith by studying the Bible, the Word of God, and sharing our faith with others. Thank you for joining us on Let God Speak.
Remember all past programs plus teachers notes are available on our website 3abnaustralia.org.au Email us if you wish on lgs at 3abnaustralia.org.au God bless you, see you next time. You have been listening to Let God Speak, a production of 3ABN Australia Television. To catch up on past programs, please visit 3abnaustralia.org.au. Call us in Australia on 02 4973 3456 or email radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. We'd love to hear from you.